Babs. What's going on? Oh, hey, are you like cooped up at home all alone or perhaps just with your significant other? Do you know what you guys could spend that time doing? I do. We are super excited to be supported by AdamandEve.com. Yes, please. So if you're looking for some sexy, sensual treats to spice up the bedroom. You know I am, but like, do you have any free stuff for me? Oh yeah, I mean, I've got free stuff. I've got sexy stuff, and I've got free stuff, and I've got free sexy stuff. Oh, that's just the stuff I've wanted. Do I you, mean, yeah. Could I maybe have almost any one item for 50% off? You can definitely have almost any one item for 50% off. Uh, that's half. Thank you. Um, And then on top of that, Adam and Eve is going to give you like a bunch of other free stuff. Well, how do I get it? You have to enter offer code Hags. That's H-A-G-S. Oh, thank you for spelling it. At checkout. And once you do that, you'll get your half off your one item. And then you're going to get 10 very special, very sexy free gifts. Wait, is that one item for me, a special gift for Alex, and then a third item we'll both enjoy? Yeah, and then it's seven more on top of that because it's 10 total. What? Plus six free movies. How is that possible? Plus what? Free shipping. I can't believe it. What? How do I do it? Offer code HAGS. That is H-A-G-S at adamandeve.com. Thanks, Riley. You're welcome, Nicole. Hey, Babs. Hey, it's another gentle Tuesday. Another gentle Tuesday coming at you. We're using our gentle voices. We are. We are. It feels like (laughs) NPR. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. First, I want to very gently shout out our newest patron, Christine. Thank you so much for supporting our Patreon. And I can't wait to send you all sorts of hags swag because that's the level you chose to support us at. And I love it. Hooray. Thank you so much. You're going to get some very cool magnets and stickers and an extra special handwritten postcard. So get excited. I can tell she's excited. Um, So today we're talking gentle. Oh, yeah. We're talking you know, what it's like to go to the gynecologist during a pandemic. Yeah. If you have questions about um, the healthcare system for your routine appointments, it's a great little insight into what that's like. But we also talk about the nightmare that is the healthcare system mm-hmm. for so many people. Um, it's both. Both can exist simultaneously. That's very true. We also talk being uh, gentle with yourself and your partner and your children in this very mm-hmm. trying time where you're all cooped up together. Yep. And gentle with your emotions. Also very important. Uh. So, so very important. And trying to live in the gray area instead of getting too fervently black and white about social topics, political topics, etc. Just living a little bit more gently through all of it. For real. I think we all need a little more gentleness in our lives. And we're going to talk about all of those things. But first, Riley's going to take it away with our boss ass bitch of the week. This week's boss ass bitch comes to us from our favorite he for she advocate, Tim Sullivan, As always, if you love Tim's Babs as much as we do, consider a donation to Planned Parenthood. Today's fierce female is Olivia Hooker. Born in 1915, at age six, she survived the Tulsa massacre, hiding with her siblings under a table as her home was torn apart by Klansmen. Her family relocated to Columbus, Ohio, and Olivia graduated from The Ohio State University. Olivia worked as a third grade teacher for several years, but during World War II, she was inspired to join the war effort. She was rejected from the U.S. Navy on account of her race and gender. In 1945, she became one of the first five black women accepted into the U.S. Coast Guard and was the first in active duty. Her all-female unit was disbanded as the war effort shut down, and she was discharged, having achieved the rank of petty officer second class. After leaving the Coast Guard, Olivia earned a master's in education from Columbia University. She worked in the mental health department at a women's prison, and her experience with inmates suffering from severe learning disabilities inspired her to earn a doctorate in clinical psychology from the University of Rochester. Olivia joined the faculty at Fordham University in 1963, and she continued teaching until her retirement in 1985. She co-founded the Tulsa Race Riot Commission in 1997, which sued the state of Oklahoma and the city of Tulsa for their involvement in the massacre the U.S. Supreme Court dismissed the case without comment. Unsatisfied with retired life, she rejoined the Coast Guard as an auxiliarist at the age of 95. Olivia died in 2018 at the age of 103. Last year, the Coast Guard announced they will commission a ship named in her honor, which is due to be completed in 2023. And here are some quotes. I am no longer able to march. I know it's hard to lie on a stone floor in a die-in, but still, you do your part. 
the world is looking at this country. Our parents tried to tell us, don't spend your time agonizing over the past. They encouraged us to look forward and think how we could make things better. I'd like to see more girls consider spending some time in the military. It's a good idea to have people from different kinds of orientations and experiences because it's amazing what you can do with a different point of view. The world would really prosper from more of that. It could be a lovely world if everybody was peaceful in their efforts and aims. It's not about you or me, but it's about what we can give to this world. Clearly, Olivia Hooker was a boss-ass bitch. Oh, hags! Hags! Oh. Hags! Well, I'm rolling. That's great! So, I don't want to be a total braggart, but I don't know if you've made I it mean, to do it. Trader Joe's lately, but they I are... have not. Okay, listen, you might want to go because right now they have night blooming jasmine. Oh, that's there. my favorite smell. Like fragrant. And I bought one and it's super healthy and it's super happy. Oh. And I'm letting it take over our balcony. That sounds magical. I actually think I might need to do that. Do you know, do you think it's all the Trader Joe's or just the one near you? I think usually it's all of the Trader Joe's because they just get the same succulents and flowers in at the same time, at least in the same area. Nice. Because I've definitely gone to another one and been like, oh, well, you have that same, but you, this pot is cuter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. But of course, I mean, I have to make a special trip every 10 days or so. So if you need me to pick up one for you in the next 10 days, <laughs> I will be happy to you do know. so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm very pro-plant. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, gen- speaking of gentle and yeah. gentleness and gentle feelings, um, I feel like plants that like that plant feeling that you get from a bunch of plants, you mm. know what I mean. Yeah, very um, much so. Is like a very like gentle sort of like soothing thing. Yes. Futzing with plants um, when you're having some stress, even just like, I don't know if it's like the plant itself or the dirt and soil that you're working with. But yeah, I think it's all of happens. it. It's like, yeah. it smells like dirt. It smells like whatever your plant is. Um, hopefully you don't have a corpse flower, but honestly, if you do, Ugh. that's very cool. That is very cool. <laughs> it's very large. I hope you have a lot of room for it. It's yeah. I hope your greenhouse is like well um, insulated. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. I would stab for a greenhouse right now. Uh... You just say you would stab for a greenhouse. Yeah, a human. Like, I would kill for... Like, I wouldn't want to kill them because, like, life is precious, but I would stab you. I want to know, before we actually get on topic, I want to know who's making you this offer. Who's like, Nicole, I don't want you to go kill that person, but if you were to go stab them, I'd give you a greenhouse. Uh, A very sick person (laughs) is offering me that. But you know what? I'm equally as sick, so I'm entertaining it. Like a kind of like cultured villain. Like a very... (laughs) It's like like Anthony Hopkins playing Hannibal Lecter, but minus the cannibalism. Yeah, if he he would be like, if you go stab that person and let me lick the knife, I will give you this beautiful greenhouse. I can see that. I'd be like, can I just stab myself? And he'd be like, no, no, where's the fun in that? See, I think he would just be like, name your price. And Nicole's the one who says, I'll take a greenhouse. A greenhouse. One greenhouse, please. (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, I can make that happen. (laughs) I mean, I guess. Are are you sure? (laughs) I I could go to Home Depot. Yes, that's that's what I want. That's what I want, Uh. Mr. Lecter. Um, speaking, speaking of, of delightful villains, uh, I was also thinking that I wanted to talk about on this episode, like Mm. ways to, ways to, to like gently smash the patriarchy from the comfort of your own living room. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Convenient. And right. Definitely on that list for me, at least is like, if I am going to spend any money right now, it's probably going to be for like a video on demand because let's be honest, that's all we're doing. Mm. Um, so like Birds of Prey, shout out to Birds of Prey if you have not seen Birds of Prey. Right now, today on this day, I believe it's like 20 bucks on video on demand because they're doing, they're like releasing these newer movies um, for higher prices to essentially try and do what they would have done in theaters. So the way we were thinking about it, we're like, okay, it's 20 bucks. We own the movie. So at least you're like buying it. And if we were to actually just take two of us to a movie theater, we would be spending more than that. Way more. But 
directed by a woman of color, like badass girl power movie, Birds of Prey. See it. Highly, highly recommend. It's like funny and ridiculous. You know, it's like DC Universe, Margot Robbie, like uh, what's her name from Suicide Squad. She's uh oh my God. Why can't Harley I think of Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yes, yes, yes. So it's like a Harley Quinn movie, but it's like so much badass lady power packed into like a very fun distraction type movie. Um, and it's sort of doing what you would do with your money at the box office to support a film that's directed by a woman of color, but you do it from your living room. So hooray. Yeah. And going along with that, there is a variety article featuring our dear friend, Bruno Oliver, who plays a character in birds of prey. He and Harley Quinn, AKA Margot Robbie eat a sandwich together. And Bruno did an at-home tutorial of how to make that delicious sandwich. And he plays the pastor oh. in our movie. So you oh should watch it. Oh, my God. Wait, that's yeah, so he good. He plays Sal, the, yeah. the short order cook at the diner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great scene. Yeah. And he um, really, he was like, I thought I'd be a, a leading man. But now that I'm in the world of character acting for many years, I would like to show you a good sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's incredible. He's perfect. Yeah, it looks um, really good. Yeah. I mean, I also like just to just promote this a little bit more. We are we're not sponsored by Birds of Prey yet. Um, but I am like not I didn't I know nothing about about the DC universe, about like I I'm not really into superheroes or comic books or anything like that. And I still really enjoyed this movie. So definitely check it out. Directed by Kathy Yan. She's cool. A boss ass bitch. Oh shit, yeah. Cool. That's very good. One of I was their- also Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go go for it. Well, I was also thinking um, in going along with trying to support like small businesses in this time, mm-hmm, like I've been mm-hmm. looking exclusively for female small businesses. Like when I was doing some stress online shopping that I can't really afford, I did buy a vintage dress from a um, really chill, amazing 65 year old antique shop owner in Minneapolis. Yes. Who's like, Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. She was, we ended up Instagram DMing for like an hour about (laughs) the virus and dresses in general. And she is an absolute dream. Um, she is at yes. Via's vintage on Instagram. So you should check her out too. Cause she's super sweet. (laughs) That's incredible. Should be here soon. Not that I need it. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. Like if you are going to um, do some gentle, soothing online shopping, um, I, w- I, I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, I shouldn't spend money or like I feel guilty about it or whatever. So like if in your action of online shopping, you're also supporting, you know, a w- woman owned business, a woman of color, a person who's non-binary or LGBTQ, at least like that money is going to a good person person to support a small business that probably needs a lot of help right now so if you end up looking back and being like oh my god why did i buy that thing at least like while you were doing it you were you were like putting your money in a good place yeah absolutely it feels good to when you aren't spending money and sending it to a giant corporation run by a bunch of douchebags yeah Um, yeah it feels good to spend small there are a lot of like people making um like seamstresses making masks on Etsy right now. So if you're looking to purchase yourself a cloth mask, uh, you can, that's a really easy one that you can like not buy from Amazon. Yeah. Plus like it probably won't come with virus all over it. Not to knock Amazon too hard, but I think they can take it if we give them a hard knock. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, geez. Um, While we're talking gentle, I, I had a gentle rage the other day oh that's good if you want to hear about it i do want to hear about it (laughs) so i applied to trader joe's oh hey and then i was turned down Mm. three or four days later and i had a gentle rage about it i was like i can't i can't believe it i'm so upset and then i was like well they probably have one million applicants and i'm sure some of them have grocery store experience which guess what this bee does not have So I took my potential simmering, boiling rage and just turned it down and was like, there's no real reason to rage here. It's just a matter of experience. Yeah, it also might be that if they looked at your work resume and see that you mostly work at restaurants, that they're like, oh, as soon as the restaurants open up, she's out of here. Right. Because they know you can make more money there. So it might be that if they are bringing people on, they're at least trying to like bring people on that will probably stay that's true although i did apply for a temporary crew 
job. So, Got it. I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure you're right. I mean, they're getting a ton of applicants right now, so it also might just be that they're like, we've literally filled all of the jobs. Yeah. Oh, I went to the doctor the other day. Oh yeah. Um, wait, tell for, me about that entire experience during this wild and and stressful time. <laughs> right. Okay. So I got an email from my doctor because I've been trying to get an appointment with her forever because I had some like bleed through with my um birth control and was like, what's going on? I want to talk to the doctor about this. So I have been trying for months to get an appointment. And finally she emailed me and was like, so I have a lot of appointments open. Do you want to come in? And I was like, <laughs> I have all the appointments open. <laughs> right. Right. So, and I love my gynecologist. I can't speak more highly of her. I mean, she's busy for a reason. Um, she is also an OB. So she has a lot of pregnant um, and trying to get pregnant and fertility patients. So I made an appointment. I made my cloth mask um, I use the folding and ponytail method, which I'm sure you've seen a lot of tutorials for, but I was also thinking about maybe doing a tutorial for our listeners. I don't know. Oh, Let me yeah. know if you're interested in that. It was Riley's idea. FYI. Um, I still support this idea. So Okay. <laughs> cool. I've seen a lot of tutorials, but I'll do one too. Um, so I made my mask. I put my mask on because... and. Once you put your mask on inside of your house, you don't take it off until you're back inside of your house. I want to really stress that because I saw a lot of people like taking it off in the car and flipping it around and touching it a lot. And it's like, don't, it's ineffective if you are futzing with it. So just leave it alone. Once it's on your face, it's on your face until you are finished with whatever you're going out for. And I actually got a text message from my doctor letting me know that like, we will take your temperature immediately. Uh, do not try to enter the office before your appointment time. Wow. Like, and also um, there will be, no one's coming in your hour that you're there. So it's imperative that you don't come too early because then you'll run into another patient. So I got there like 10 minutes early because I'm still, you know, ah, I got to be there on time. So I like knocked on the door because I had already, I saw a patient in the elevator. We like cross paths in the elevator and she was wearing like essentially a poncho over all of herself, but she was very visibly pregnant. So I was like, rock on with your poncho, girl. <laughs> so I went upstairs. I knocked on the door. The nurse came out and she immediately um, made me sanitize my hands and in the hallway took my temperature before I even wow. entered the office. Yeah. So she like rubbed this thing across my forehead, which I've never had my temperature taken like that. And it was, was it cold. like a, like a laser gun or like a strip? It was a, like a laser gun. Cool. 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 It was very cool. Um, and she like rubbed it across my forehead and she was like 100 uh, or she was like 98.5. And I was like, oh, no, that's lower. And she was like, it's fine. Come in. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Um, then I checked in. I paid my copay. She sanitized my hands again. She took me back to the room and she was like, OK, take off everything and put the gown on, you know, just like a usual gynecologist appointment. And I was like, hey, um, do I leave the mask on? <laughs> Yeah. And she was like, you know, whatever's comfortable for you. And I was like, so completely nude, regular style or completely nude plus mask. I'm going to go with the mask. She was like, whatever turns you on, babe. <laughs> like, Do it. Great. Um, so my doctor came in. We had a regular appointment. We talked a lot about the virus because she was also essentially wearing like a full surgical setup. She had like the gown. She had like gloves. She had a mask. She had the little hat on. Um, and I've never seen her like that. I was like, damn, girl, you're really wearing a lot of clothes. And she was like, yeah, well, it's for your comfort and for my safety. And I was like, yeah. Yes, true. both important so things. So we had a regular appointment, which was fine and uncomfortable, as speculums tend to be. And everything went fine. And the issue that I had is very typical with this birth control. And she said, yeah, it'll happen like once or twice a year. And that's fine. And I was like, that's fine. Yay. Um, and then we sat there for like another 10 minutes, like, I think she was waiting for me to ask her more questions. And then I didn't really have any more questions. And it was like this sort of uncomfortable staring game. And then finally I was like, Hey, I just want to thank you for like letting me come in for a regular appointment because it feels very normal. Even though I'm sitting here naked with a mask on, <laughs> it still feels good that I know that I can come here if I have a problem that's not related to a virus. Yeah, It feels like life is still operating on some like there's still things happening that are normal even if like the way they're happening is not yes um and then she like we took i know her pretty well um I've, she's been my doctor since i moved here which is a pretty long time um and we also once roller danced together which is 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was great. It was um, not planned. In the office? No, we were both. I was at the Moonlight Rollerway for a child's birthday party, and she was there for a roller dancing club meeting. Wow, amazing. And she was like, Nicole. And I was like, can I call you Regina? And she was like, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and then we roller skated and danced a little. Um, Yeah, it was nice. It was like teetering on emotional, I think, for both of us. And then when I left, they sanitized me as I walked out and were like, were like, was this okay? Were you comfortable with this? Did you feel like safe? And I was like, a hundred percent for sure. Thank you. And I'll see you in, you know, 10 months or a year or whatever. Yeah. And it was, that's great. I mean, I'm glad that good. like, I'm glad that that's still possible because it's one thing to need, if you need to go to the doctor because you're sick right now, like that's a whole thing. But if, you also like just need like routine things where you just have a question or there's something that's like worrying you or anything like that. You should still feel like you can do that. So I'm glad you had that experience. Yeah. And it made me also, I know it was like over the, it seems like it might've been over the top with all the, like the sanitizing and the temperature taking, but it made me feel like they were taking it seriously. And it wasn't just like, yeah, we're a doctor's office. Yeah. Come on in. Right. You know? And she was really confident. Yeah. And the, and like, you know, that any other patients that they had in also went through that same procedure so it's you know you know that you're not leaving anything that might hurt anybody and that nobody has left anything for you that will hurt you hopefully yeah and they like as I was walking out the nurse was putting on like the same surgical wear to go clean the room I was in to like go disinfect everything so I was mm -hmm. like okay okay very nice highly suggest Dr. Edmund in Los Angeles <laughs> if you're looking for a gynecologist here in town <laughs> she's tops nice but yeah it was weird I, I did feel a little irresponsible my sister was like well you know if you thought you had the virus two weeks ago you still could be shedding virus and you shouldn't be going out and you're putting people in danger and I just felt so bad but at the same time like I feel like this thing is like a Schrodinger's disease I was telling Alex like we yeah. have to act as if we both have and do not have the virus simultaneously totally I think I saw I think there I was saw like a science meme along the line those same lines. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, That's totally. Amazing. Because it's like it's such a mind fuck because we don't know if we've had it. Like Alex and I felt crappy what two and a half weeks ago and now we're fine. But did we have it? I don't know. We have to act like we did. Right. But we also still have to act like we may not have immunity. I don't know. It's just like yeah. it's really hard. And I felt so guilty going out of the house. So I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, too, and she was also expressing that she was feeling guilty because they live in New York City mm. and about two weeks ago chose to go stay with their friends upstate. And she was feeling very guilty at the time about doing any sort of movement, any sort of like contact with more people because it was, you know everywhere you turn people were like don't fucking do this it's irresponsible all this shit but at the same time new york city is a nightmare right now and did she make the right call absolutely mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. everything we do is like all of our movement is going to be a calculated risk no matter what we're you you have to be able to leave your house at some point you are going to need groceries you're going to need to just like go for a damn walk or go to the doctor or whatever and it's just a just like doing it as carefully and responsibly as you can and not doing anything like extra just because it's like probably fine. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not like you went to the gynecologist and then also were like, well, now that I'm out, I'm just going to stop in and visit five different friends. Like, right. you know, it, I think that's still a very like reasonable move. <laughs> yeah, I did go to two banks and the grocery store. So I did feel a little like we're risking it today. Yeah. But I had to get money from one but bank I to deposit into another bank and then get food. All of those are important things. Yes. And the reason those businesses are still open is because they're deemed to be essential businesses. Yes. Right. You weren't like, and then I went and jumped in the ball pit and like <laughs> rolled around with all the balls in the oh, ball God. pit. Yeah. Bye. I have to Nightmare. say, Nightmare. between the two different banks were two radically different experiences. Oh, yeah. So I went to the SAG after a federal credit union at which I have a line of credit in case of emergencies like this one right here, like uh, when we have no income, it just like it's mm -hmm. a really low interest rate that I can pull from in case of an emergency or if I lose my jobs or whatever. That's why I got it. It's just been sitting there waiting for an emergency. So I went there and I took some money out, but 
in order to go there, you have to hand them this little card that has your account number and information on it. And so I said, and it's, it's set up more like a, like a corporate office instead of a bank. So you just go up to a woman Mm -hmm. at a regular desk. Have you been there, Riley? No. Okay. So I went there, I set my card on her desk and she was like, so she had her chair rolled back to a line six feet away. And then she was like, can you back up to the line, to your line? So I backed up six feet and then she came forward six feet and we did the whole interaction, (laughs) like moving back and forth between six feet. And then (laughs) after she handed me, she like set the envelope on the desk with my money in it. And then I, you know, she moved back and I moved forward and took my envelope and then she moved forward and then she brought a Lysol wipe out and wiped down where I had touched and was like, thanks for coming. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Yeah, like totally. Monty Python sketch. It kind of was because we. Sh- I would take yeah. a step forward and like she would like zoom her chair back, like afraid that I was going to move really quickly <laughs> to the desk. Um, but I couldn't knock her for it. Like I respect it. And then I went to a major chain bank that doesn't give a fuck about its people. There was no social distancing. Like, I was trying to social distance from the people and the tellers were not wearing gloves. They were not wearing masks. And I watched a guy take my money, scratch his face and then try to hand me a receipt. And I was like, I'm good on the receipt. I don't, what, what are you doing? Like be smarter about this. And I left there and had to immediately take a Lysol wipe shower for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you still have Lysol wipes? Because that's impressive. I do. Can I tell you, I ordered them on March 12th, you know, when the world started to implode. And uh, they came March 26th. And I thought I had ordered like two things of them, just like two packets of them. But I'd actually ordered two cases of them. So we have 480 (laughs) wipes in our apartment right now. And I feel really guilty about it. That's incredible. (laughs) No, don't. It was two packs of 1280 packs. (laughs) Wow. So I got, yeah, we have, uh, it was, yeah, there are 80, 80 packs individually and six of them came in each box. We have 12 of them, which is, <laughs> that's amazing. She thought she was ordering two 80 packs. Yeah. Yeah. But, Listen, you, you made know, the right, the right mistake. That's, uh, <laughs> and the first thing we did was open a pack and wipe the actual pack. We pulled the wipe from down. So that's, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. No, I go through a whole wiping ritual anytime anything enters the house, including like mail. So anything that I open is like kind of soggy. Yeah, same. Like any letter or document is like damp. Yeah, that's very accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I want to just talk about what we're talking about gentle. Um, Gently loving your friends and family from afar. Mm -hmm. My mom has been above and beyond super, super sweet about this she called us and was like are you guys eating healthy or can i send you chips oh <laughs> and i was like you know we're always trying to send the chips we're always trying but go ahead and send chips so then she sent pita chips instead Aww. which we did not even and she sent little popcorn and then uh like a week and a half later i got a random plant in the mail and i was like freaking out as to who sent me this beautiful perfect plant that looks very expensive and in this beautiful pot and then my mom was like, did you get the plant? Did it brighten your day? Oh, mom. And it was just so <laughs> thoughtful and sweet. And she knew not to send me like, you know, she it proves that she knows me well. And it was very touching. So like yeah. I, it made me want to do that with everybody in my life who I love. Like send them a little something, a little card to say like, this sucks for all of us, but I'm thinking of you. Yeah, totally. So if you have the means to do so. And the energy and like the spoons to do so. I would totally. encourage you to do that. Yeah, I think I like the word gentle because um, I mean, A, it's just something it's sort of like a little bit of a mantra that I try and keep in mind for myself mm. that I find is helpful in everyday life, mm-hmm. uh, in, in non-quarantine like pandemic life as well. Mm. Um, I think I read that poem like on one of our many episodes that I really love. Oh, yeah. But the, you know, one of the lines in it is be gentle with yourself. And I think that's just, it just like makes me take a deep breath every time I think of that. Cause it's, it, it just makes everything feel a little bit easier that it's okay to do something gently instead of doing something in a, like a range of fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like especially difficult things that it's okay. And I was thinking a lot about, I mean, at this point now, this is like a way overused analogy, but like that idea of you know, if you're on an airplane, they're like, put your mask on first before you put on somebody mm-hmm. else's mask. 
um, that you, yes, it's important to help and support each other right now and all the time. Um, but if you need to put your mask on first, if that's a process that you need to take some time to do, that's fine. And you can also do that gently and at your own pace, even if there are other people, you know, that you feel like you need to support. It's one of those things that like, you don't necessarily have to like light that fire under your ass. You can just sort of be like, okay, but first I'm going to do this because this is what I need right now. And then after that, I can gently look at supporting the people in my life. Now, of course, that's like easier imagined than done. I think if you're just thrown into a situation where you're like, I have four kids and all of a sudden I'm homeschooling all of them. It might be that you don't, you get half your mask on and then like you have to like go wrangle children and like try not try to like feed yourself simultaneously. So it might not be like that your life is a gentle environment, mm. but I think still being gentle with yourself with being like, okay, I am still just doing my best and I'm glad that I ate one meal today instead of zero meals today. And tomorrow maybe I'll eat two. But, you know, instead of trying to and like getting into that state of being like, oh, fuck. And like, I'm not even taking care of myself. And like, what am I? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so easy to exactly. It's so easy to like go down that like whirlpool and drown. <laughs> yeah, it super is. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a parent of of many small children. Um, and she was like, I am completely overwhelmed and i am still working full time from home and trying to wrangle these fucking kids and i want to scream every day and i was like you know yeah. what you should do you should cry in front scream of them no, i was like you should just day. cry in front of them and she oh, was yeah. like what and i was like i remember when i was little and my sister and i would see my mom cry when she was overwhelmed mm-hmm. and you would bring it home for us in a way that was like oh no something's wrong mom is crying yeah, And I was like, if you want to scare them into behaving and yelling at them isn't working because they're starting to act out in weird ways, like opening up a bunch of soda cans and spilling them out in the driveway because it seemed fun. Like, what the fuck is that oh, yeah. about? I remember doing shit like that. And and then having an adult be like, excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden your brain is like, I, I don't I don't know what I don't know. What did I do? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That or like gluing gluing pennies to the to the sidewalk. And it's like, what? Oh, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're an asshole. Yeah, you're being a dick. Um, you guys were creative. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's fun to watch someone try to pick a penny off of a place where it can't be picked off of. Totally. Yeah. It's a sick, <laughs> sick pleasure. Um, but my dad would get a chisel and chisel them off and then be like, well, they're my pennies now. So that's also something we do. But good move, like, dad. But every time mom would like cry, the, the whole house would go still. We'd be like, holy shit. Because she's she was not yeah. like an emotional, like crying woman unless it was fucking serious. So I was like, girl, you should just cry. And she was like, what? That's dark. <laughs> Am I gonna dam- Are you telling me to damage my children? I was like, for your own sanity? Sure. I mean, I fully support that, honestly. I think that that is like, and it, I think that there's a little bit of like vulnerability too. And like the idea of being gentle of just like allowing your emotions mm-hmm. to exist yeah. around your children. And I think a lot of times parents are like, yeah, I get emotional around them. I could yell all the time. Right. Or like, <laughs> but it's what it's like, it's one thing to like let your frustrated emotions out, but it's another thing. And it's actually can be harder, but I think way more important or definitely equally as important to let out your like sensitive emotions too. And if you want to cry, man, cry. And if that means that your children understand that there's like an emotional boundary there, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it works. And and also it's very effective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to do some gentle arts here in the apartment. Oh, nice. I keep telling myself I'm going to knit every day. I have this book called Stitch and Bitch. Yes. The Knitter's Guide to Knitting. Yes. <laughs> and it's taught me to knit, but I have only knit one line this whole time. That's okay. <laughs> Just one. You're knitting gently. It's the I most think, gentle knitting I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. And I think like setting goals, if you're a person who like that is good for to like set goals or set whatever schedules and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Great. And if you're not, if you just want to be like, oh, I feel like maybe at some point I might want to pick up this knitting. And if I don't pick it up, that's also fine. Yeah. Like that can be as much of your like intention setting as you need. I think we've all seen a lot of like memes going around about being like, well, what if you like gave yourself a schedule and you wake up at this time and you eat breakfast Mm. and then you go work out and like 
If that works for you, fuck yeah, do it. Make all the lists, make all the charts, make all the schedules, like check your boxes off when you've done them. Give yourself a gold star. I'm here for it. But if that just doesn't work for you or if the idea of that stresses you out, do not do it. Don't. There's no reason to like give yourself a setup that does not serve you, especially right now. Yeah, who do you have to impress? Oh, here's the other thing. Who do you have to impress? <laughs> who, like, seriously, who? Because I have a, a, a group chat of, of humans um, and there's one human on this group chat that every day is just unprompted s- sending novel length text messages about how good they're doing. And all right, the initial part of me was like, bitch, who do you have to impress right now? And then the other part of me was like, wait, are they just trying to convince themselves how great they're doing? Are they not doing so great? Do I need to extra check in on this person? Or maybe that's just what their self-care looks like. Bragging about how amazing their yoga body is. I mean, <laughs> you can you can see it as bragging, but it also could be like verbalizing or textualizing the, the things that they like about themselves. Yes. Which right? I'm this is kind of like with, taking sol- how like a lot of people see taking selfies as being self-indulgent. And there are also people who see t- taking selfies as like self-love and self-care. Mm. I like that distinction because, of course... Me sitting at home playing Horizon Zero Dawn every minute of every day um, and then practicing some gentle arts in the evening has <laughs> um, definitely made me like, I don't want to hear about how many cups of green tea you had today and I don't care. <laughs> Shut up. But if that's yeah, what she needs that's to feel also, good. But I mean, that's also valid that like it's good. <laughs> she should be able to like acknowledge the things that she likes about herself, but it might be a little bit of like read the room. Right. Like, what is this? You're putting this in a group chat now. Yeah, because so, like, ain't nobody responded to those text messages either. It's like hard <laughs> no. subject change. And I want to be like, baby girl, private message. Uh, cut that shit out. Or just like write it in your journal yeah. or like, like put it like write it in on a poster and hang it in your living room. That's great. But it's also, <laughs> yeah. you That's know, where I think the distinction comes from. It is. It, yeah. I mean, I think there is a, a way to healthily you know, put up self-loving selfies and stuff like that on Instagram. But it's a fine line because the the whole point of that is to broadcast that to as many people as possible. And I just think that that kind of inherently taints the intent, you know, mm. if it's really about this, I'm doing this for me so I can feel better. Broadcasting it to get people to respond and give you likes just seems like a weird platform to do that on, you know? Yes and no. So like the 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 case for selfies, at least in terms of like what I've learned from people who use who post selfies specifically, like for this reason, mm-hmm. um, is that there that you shouldn't feel like you can't do that. So like a, and and this might be something that I think that this is something that's like specifically more poignant for women because for our entire lives, people have told us drastically contradictory information Mm. about our image and our bodies and what other people think of them and how much we should love them and also hate them simultaneously. And the selfie thing is, is like a perfect example of that, of being like, um, you should feel bad for posting a picture of yourself that you like. Right. Right. Like that's weird. Which is where that weird caption, like felt cute might delete later came right. from like i yeah, feel cute exactly. right now and i and i really like this but i also feel subconscious about liking it and broadcasting that i like it so i'm probably just going to delete it later when i feel shittier about myself mm-hmm. exactly exactly right. it's like it encompasses it's a way to play it safe in both territories or i mean you see this all I, when if i ever post a selfie i always like feel the need to have some sort of like uh, caption on it yep. that's not just yeah. you know that like that sort of like counteracts that that fear that somebody might think that you just really like that picture of yourself. Yeah, which, which like you're allowed to do. Such a fine thing to do, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to knock the selfie culture because it's not it's needed for some. And I want to support them in that. But like, if you're in a group chat, just make sure you read the room, like Riley said. And you know what? <laughs> I might be putting up a poster of, hey, shut up, girl, on our closet wall. Who knows? Listen, your self-care gets to be your self-care. Thanks. That's I what really you need like, to do. I support that. I mean, the fact that you said make a poster and put it up in your room has like really opened up a door for me into the okay. world of absurdity. Cole's running with it. It's really good. I used, to, I used to put up signs in my room all the time of just like things that like I 
I don't know, like like lyrics where I was like, oh my God, that lyric encompasses my life right now. And I'd like print out a like piece of paper with it on it so I could look at it. Mm. I like looking at my, th- my thoughts. And sometimes it might need to be like um, just a big sign over your bed that says, maybe today Trump will burn in hell. You know, just like to wake <laughs> up to and give yourself motivation to get out of bed. Whatever. Do mm. it. If that's what you need. Yeah. I have a whiteboard next to a mirror in our room that I like to write things on. Right now it says happy birthday to Alex on it because it was his oh, birthday yay. last week. Oh yeah, happy birthday week. Yay. Thank you. But sometimes <laughs> it'll it'll say things like, uh, sometimes it has due dates on it and sometimes it'll say like, look at your plants. Aren't they great? <laughs> or just like little reminders for myself. And it yeah. is very nice to like, like send a message to future Nicole and then as future Nicole be reading a message from past Nicole is like, oh, look at you. You knew I needed this today. Yes. Um, which is nice. I, I thank past Riley frequently for things that she's done that yeah. helped me out. You know, like, oh, past Riley bought four boxes of frozen turnovers. And every time I open the freezer, <laughs> I'm like, good work, past Riley. <laughs> Way to go, girl. Yes. Always looking out for me. Yeah. Yes. Get those turnovers. What's in them? Uh, they have apple ones and raspberry ones. This morning I cooked the raspberry ones. Oh my God. They're, they're sweet both really turnovers. Good. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. They're in the freezer section at Ralph's. They're by Pepperidge Farms. Highly recommend. I mean, not that we're making a list to immediately buy them right now. Do it. But, um, and they've also been like pretty well stocked recently. So maybe no one's right. onto this secret yet, but now you know. Haven't been to Ralph's in. Three weeks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Running low on tacos. Uh, it's in three weeks. <laughs> it's just the same. <laughs> yeah, that feels about right. How you um, doing, Riley? Yeah, what's going on with you? Oh, I'm good. Um, I'm, you know, thinking a lot about, like, the ways that the world is going to change long term. I think I've been a little bit more in the long term than in the short term. The short term mm. is pretty... Mm. Like we've talked about before, the short term is pretty easy for me to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really am not that, like, do I have income right now? No, but I'm not really that worried about it because I'm like, I'll get unemployment. That'll be a pretty good chunk of change. I'll be able to pay my rent. You know, even if I have to dip into my savings like a little bit, I can, but I don't really think I'm going to need to that much because I'm also not really spending a lot of money. So I've just been like pretty chill about like the day-to-day in terms of my life. But mm-hmm. I am thinking a lot about how things are going to change moving forward and how we can kind of like show up for people who have been really failed by this system when we're trying to hopefully start rebuilding this system a little bit differently, you know, because there's going to be a lot of, there are, there have to be a lot of changes to our society moving forward globally. Um, But, you know, here in America, I think we've all become acutely aware uh, if not much, much longer ago than this, but certainly now, if you weren't aware of it before, that like our healthcare system is fucked. Mm-hmm. It's fucked for patients. And mm-hmm. it's also now becoming clear how fucked it is for doctors and nurses and healthcare workers. Yeah. Um, that it's pretty much only good for the people who are making massive, outrageous amounts of money off of it. Um, so like the insurance companies and the prescription companies and that shit. But in terms of like actually supporting the people who need it and the people who work for it, not great. So, you know, I've just been thinking about like how we can show up not only for doctors and nurses. I think they're getting a lot of support right now, which is really important. And a lot of people are identifying the fact that they are under supported Mm -hmm. and that they have way fewer resources that they need and that they're doing a really important thing right now, kind of trying their best to keep everyone alive during the midst of this like global pandemic. But I also know in the disability community that there's a lot of sort of hesitation about all of this praise that's being given kind of unequivocally to doctors and nurses right now, because a lot of disabled people have either been like drastically failed by the healthcare system and the people who run the healthcare system and or also like abused or exploited by doctors and nurses. So I know, I think both of those things can exist simultaneously. Mm -hmm. I don't think that one cancels the other one out by any means. Um, But I think that it's important to keep that stuff in mind when we look at rebuilding our system, that it's not just about figuring out a way to support doctors and nurses more. It is definitely about that. 
but it's also about rethinking this system that already doesn't work for people. It's not like we need to figure out how to go back to a, a great system and make it better. We need to figure out how to go back to our broken system and f- like rework it entirely. Or just burn it down and make a new system. Yeah, that'd be good. Make a new system and like, um, don't just let men design it. Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. maybe that. That would be a good start. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the way to do all that is we just need more compassionate people running this government. And we yeah. don't have enough of that. Not nearly enough. The people, like, if we come out of this with the same fucking people who got us into this, or, you know. I, who, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, then, yeah, we're going to have an even worse system than we did before. And that's real bad. Yeah. I mean, at least now people kind of have a frame of reference who maybe didn't before. Obviously, there's a lot of people who knew the benefit to Medicare for all or universal income. But I think maybe for some people who just sort of wrote that off as being like, oh, that's like liberal socialism and I'm not going to learn any more about it or I'm not going to think about it Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's just like triggering sort of like words, Mm -hmm. um, like buzzwords. But uh, but maybe now that it's become sort of like crucial for literally everybody to be able to get on unemployment, or at least they know about the fact that unemployment is saving people's houses right now um, or saving people from literally like starving, you know, that like that's their only source of income and that something like this can happen. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a little bit easier, hopefully, to introduce the topics of like, okay, well, like we are a country that could theoretically go to some sort of universal income. What would that look like? Will that necessarily happen? Probably not. But at least like opening minds to the necessity for something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe if people start getting used, I mean, we're going to be locked down for a few months at least. Yeah. And so maybe if people start getting used to living with a safety net, you know, which is what half the country is against for some reason, you know, maybe that half of the country might start understanding how important it is and how good it is to have and understand, like, maybe that's why every other developed country in the world has one. Right. Yeah, I also think it might be on us liberal folks to when these things start happening. Like when yesterday the president said something like, um, you know, I think what I'm going to do is that insurance, people without insurance will be able to go get help for COVID for free and the hospital will be paid at a Medicare rate or Medicaid rate, which is Socialized healthcare. That's what right. that is. That's socialized healthcare. <laughs> However, when discussing this with my family, my mom specifically, and I was like, "That's socialized healthcare." She was like, "No, it's not." She, like the vocabulary and the yeah, semantics. it's a triggering word. Absolutely. Um. So I think it's on us to sort of like, because I immediately was like, "Shit, I shouldn't have said that." Because now she's she's closed up, and right. she's not listening, and she doesn't agree that it's good anymore. Yeah. Um, when before she was touting it as something that Trump did, that's good. And I was like, it, it is good. If he's, if that's, what's going to happen, that's good. Let's she keep was it. even saying, I overheard your conversation. She was even saying people who need more money than the $1,200 who live in more expensive places should get more money. And yeah. now it's not fair that we're all getting the same amount. And I was like, yes, Whoa. girl. And so yeah. that, that's, see, this was right after this was the day after we had this like big blow up where I was like, it is socialism. And did you, you like socialism. And she was like, no, I don't. And I was like, yes, you do. By definition, everything you just said. But like, it's on us not to be like the bigger person, but to just like shut the fuck up and be like, yeah, isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Right. And not yeah. like, isn't that nice? But like, yeah, I think it's great too. I <laughs> yeah, think it's exactly. really great. Because mm-hmm. if you step back, like, what's the goal? Is the goal that like to prove her right or wrong about socialism? Like, nope. no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the goal that's, is like that's a secret goal, but that's sure. a yeah. sick goal. it would be nice. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> the goals that make everybody's life better. <laughs> but like, take the good when we have the good. If this leads yeah. to. Uh, socialized healthcare. If it leads to student debt being forgiven for doctors and nurses and people cleaning hospitals and people like hazard pay for people working dangerous jobs, like just be like, great, thank you. Yeah, and I think I think you know as we're the last thing I want to say about being gentle, which sort of relates to this, is like the idea of of not seeing everything as so black and white. I think we've gotten into 
a habit in our culture and just the way we speak about, you know, important cultural issues um, to be like this, not this, or like, this is this way. So like, this can't be this way or whatever. And kind of like what we were talking about earlier with doctors uh, and the healthcare system that like, you can simultaneously see the benefit and the deficit of the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. You can like, I think keeping some of these things in mind, like I was reading something that sort of opened my eyes that I hadn't even thought about because I'm a white person uh, living in America that, you know, there are all these orders saying like, okay, everyone should wear masks. And that's for me, when I heard that order, I immediately was like, it was like a relief that I was like, oh, great. That makes me feel better that everyone is going to be safer and that everyone's going to be like encouraged to do this like safe behavior and that I can do it without feeling like I'm overreacting and all those things. And I was like, okay, like this is, this is going to be a little cumbersome, but like, I'm cool with it. And I was, then I was seeing people tweet um, who are either like Muslim women or black people saying uh, that that was extremely triggering for them to be told all of a sudden that they should wear a mask in public when like, a you know, if you're a black man and you wear a mask, are you all of a sudden seen as more of a threat than you normally are, which like in your day to day life, literally just walking down the street because of the racist roots of our country, you right. are considered a quote unquote threat just for existing. And now mm-hmm. you're being asked to put on a mask or Muslim women who have been oppressed for covering their faces are now now it's like oh well now you should it's like okay like what what sort of like mixed signals are we giving people and and also like the fact that we're not addressing that at all as a society we're just being like okay this is the rule now and everyone's like okay and people who have been like oppressed for that exact same thing are like wait what it's kind of like like legalizing yeah like legalizing marijuana that like okay, marijuana dispensaries are considered essential businesses, so they're still open in the lockdown. But and how many also tens of thousands of people in jail? Yes, people sitting in jail for literally the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, again, it's not to say that you shouldn't wear a mask because our system is fucked and racist, or that, like, you shouldn't go to your local dispensary if that helps you. Great. Those things ex- exist, and you should be able to use them and enjoy them and whatever. But I think you can simultaneously gently keep in mind the privilege yeah. that you exist in in both of those circumstances definitely yeah. i think we need to do america specifically needs to do better at you know progressives specifically like when we make progress we also have to acknowledge that we didn't do the best before you know like it yeah i th- i think we do a pretty good job moving forward but we still collectively as a country just won't fucking admit how shitty we've been. We just are obsessed with like, no, we're great. And we've always been great. And look how great we are currently. And, and it's like America great again. Well, we're seeing that in play right now with Joe Biden's campaign too. I mean, we should touch upon it. I mean, when Donald Trump had rape allegations against him, we were burning shit down. Right. And now that Joe Biden has a rape allegation against him, all these liberal women are like, well, you know, we do we believe her? And I'm like, no, you cannot say believe totally. women when it's convenient for me. Right. You believe women. End of story. Yes. Um, and simultaneously, yeah. does that mean that if Joe Biden is the nominee that you shouldn't vote for him? No. Right. Right. Those things I mean, exist in the same. They world. can exist in the same world. If your choices are Trump or Biden, fucking vote for Biden. I'm just telling you what to do right now. but. You can also be really upset that that's that might be your choice, that you might have to choose between two rapists. And I would just right? remind you that Bernie Sanders is not that far behind. I was going to say, Biden and there, yeah. and by the way, there is another candidate. <laughs> like we could get rid of Joe Biden at this and point. And if we're talking about universal health care and all of these ideas that we yep. now so clearly need, like who's the best person to be in charge of that? Yeah. yeah. And for those of you, our listeners who might be wavering like, oh, well, Joe seems more centrist. And I think that, you know, that like, doesn't rape allegation aside, fuck that. Here's the thing. It doesn't work. It's fucking bullshit. We've seen centrist candidates go up against Republicans like Donald Trump and lose time and time again. Bernie's where it's at. Get on the train. Feel the burn. This yeah, has been Nicole Wyland. Go oh, ahead yeah. and at me all, all in. day. You can at me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I will not respond because I don't like social media, but go ahead and at me. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I was like, I still am like hardcore. Elizabeth Warren is my jam, but am I going to 
like get fully on board with Bernie right now? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. I've been kind of fantasizing because like the terminology everybody uses when they drop out of the out of the race is we're suspending our campaign. I'm like, I know. Well, I keep she's thinking like suspended. She could what technically if she come just back. Came right? back in. Yeah. I would love no. a reason uh, to wear my Elizabeth Warren gear that came after she dropped out of the race. Yeah. I think you should still wear it. I actually, yeah, I have a Bernie back. shirt from last time around, um, mm. but now feels very appropriate. So <laughs> I feel like I have to stop buying um, political gear, though, because every time I buy political gear, that candidate loses. <laughs> and I feel like oh, I'm no. a jinx. Oh, your my fault, God. Nicole. Wait. Nicole, no, you fault. just have to start buying Trump political gear. <laughs> oh, my God, Riley, how dare you? That's Use the solution. your jinx powers for exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. If it were oh. true, if the world worked like that, I would buy it. I would buy it for the people <laughs> because I love the people. It's important. Mm. Oh, um, well, we want to hear about how you are gently treating yourself very gently during this time, or maybe what feels like really hard to do gently. If you're like, okay, I really like support this idea, but also like, what do I do when my child is like literally screaming into my face? Cry, like, how, to start how do I get to be gentle about that? <laughs> um, and I mean, this is a time of community. So if you want us to pose a question to our community on instagram or something like that and get some feedback from other people who maybe have kids which is not actually us uh let us know and we'd be happy to do that yeah and one other thing i want to just talk about real quick as far as kids and being gentle is if you if your partner is pulling a lot of the weight with your kids which is usually the woman let's be honest um in a hetero relationship make sure you're in there like helping out with schoolwork because i'm seeing a lot of partnered relationships with children where one parent is just not engaged oh, yeah. with the kids and the other one is like taking, at, losing their mind oh my god and you know what the crying thing's only going to work like twice before the kids are like oh this is bullshit so you got to get yeah. in there and i also like want to give you all permission to like let your kids watch all the movies oh yeah you mm-hmm. know like the homeschooling thing this is speaking literally as a person who dropped out of school to homeschool themselves um homeschooling does not and should not look like real school no way. it shouldn't be like the same length or the same structure or i know that a lot of kids have zoom classes that they're doing so in some ways there are going to be similarities but if you want to do something educational with your kids like cook something or just like take out all the fucking shit from the cupboard and have them reorganize it and like how can we organize it do we organize it by shape and like what fits together or what we use the most those are life skills that's an actually important thing to learn like all that stuff counts and there are some great resources i know people have been posting i can't think of anybody off the top of my head but i think people are definitely going to feel pressure to like make sure their kids have this like very enriching environment important your mind is in the right place but also like if you need to just like put on cartoons so that you can have a break and put your mask on for a second put on cartoons yeah i would also uh now this is easier said than done but when you feel yourself like get hot in that moment Mm -hmm. when you're like oh i'm gonna slap your face but i can't because that's not cool to just maybe excuse yourself for a moment like go go say you have to pee or go say you have to take a huge duty poop and get out of that situation because i've heard on the phone with many of my loved ones who have children just absolute screaming like get which like the kid's getting attention and what that Mm -hmm. teaches the kid is uh this is a way to get attention is to be a dickhead and i'm going to keep being a dickhead because i don't know how to deal with the situation i'm in and i really want all of your attention yeah so i would say try to be gentle with yourself and be gentle with those tiny little people. They're trying to learn to be people. And sometimes people are assholes. Yeah. And if you do have a moment where you lose your temper or if you have many moments or days mm-hmm. that you lose your temper, mm-hmm. um, be gentle with yourself about that too. Right? Yeah, okay. You're not, you didn't like fuck everything up. You're not a failure. Like you are just a human being in living in a wild time and you're doing your best. So yes. good work. Good job. Preach, preach, preach. Um, I just want to give one resource before we wrap this up. Please. Uh, if c- since we talked about healthcare and about how the healthcare system is not equally supportive to all people by any means, um, I posted this on our Hag stories at one point. I think it might have been my personal stories, but um, the, it's a link to it's a guide to surviving COVID nineteen triage, um, and it's on Instagram. I'm just going to give you the URL in case you don't want to go look that up on Instagram. It's tinyurl.com 
slash COVID Know Your Rights. And what it is, is it details how you can prepare and advocate for yourself if you end up needing to seek medical treatment for COVID-19, um, what kind of stuff you need to prepare and bring with you, and the best way, it's even like scripted language to use to advocate for yourself with doctors, especially if you are a person with a disability, if you are a trans person, if you are an old person, if you are a fat person, anybody whose body is seen lesser than by the healthcare community, if, if that's causing you more stress and anxiety right now about what might happen if you are sick or if you're feeling sick and you're not sure if you should go get help for it because you don't know if they'll see you as a full human being, um, I completely feel you there. Uh, anyway, it's a great resource that spells out a lot of ways that you can help be prepared and navigate that situation. So even if just being gentle with yourself about that fear and anxiety, it might just help to read to be more prepared in case something does happen. Or if you're trying to support a friend who's in that position, I know I've used it to support loved ones who are looking to get medical care as well. So highly recommend. And it was posted by um, Fat Lib Inc. on Instagram, just to give credit where credit is due. Uh, it's a fantastic account and they are posting with the hashtag nobody is disposable. That's very cool. Thanks, Riley. Yeah. Um, you can follow us across all social media at Hags Podcast. If you have thoughts, feelings, questions, concerns, rants, um, for those of you who aren't feeling so gentle now and maybe feeling angry. Oh, yeah. Um, go ahead and email us at hagspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash hagspodcast. Uh, we're going to be posting some alternative behind-the-scenes content since we don't have our usual questions from our guests. Um, I'm Get ready for some weird video. stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I posted a video of my home recording studio setup. So you nice. can see my coat closet with a microphone in it. And you can see my <laughs> hair that I dyed green because what else are you going to do in this day It and looks age, really cool. Honestly. Oh, thank you so much. It's fading so right brave. now. So it's like kind of pastel. Oh, please. This is like all I want to do, but <laughs> feel like I can't do because of acting. So now Live I'm just like, truth. fuck it. Yes, it's girl. wildly satisfying. Yes. Um, thank you to Alex Reeves and Pointed Blue Studios for producing and troubleshooting our internet every goddamn day. Yeah. Um, because it is a mess. No, it's, I mean, the amount of, like, thank you, Alex, the amount of <laughs> work that you're doing to, like, finagle this recording situation blows my mind. So thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Alex, uh, <laughs> Alex was getting his phone. <laughs> he didn't hear any of that, but. Please. Listen, he'll listen to it when he listens back. It'll, yeah, he'll get yeah. it. <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's Alex's pleasure. I enjoy doing it. And I love this podcast. Oh, and yeah. I love you guys. We love you <laughs> platonically. Just kidding. I love you. Um, <laughs> um, well, I'm Nicole Wyland. I'm Riley Rose Critchlow. I'm Alex Reeves. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.